Wikipedia's definition of body horror. Body horror is horror fiction in which horror is principally derived from graphic destruction or degeneration of the body. Such works may deal with decay, disease, mutation, or mutilation, such as hair falling out, skin cracking and bleeding, eyesight failing, with basically my life story. Tonight on Attack of the Killer Podcast. <laughs> oh. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Say Mike, and tonight we're going to be discussing body horror. Yes, movies that um, really focus on the destruction of the human body, generally within the protagonist, but not necessarily. Um, especially with some of the titles that I picked, I think some of them are even kind of borderline the topic. But we can get into that. Um, yeah, let's count how many fingernails get ripped off tonight. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As soon as that happened, I know, I was, right? Okay, I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. <clears throat> but first, let me introduce you to the podcast crew. His face began to pulsate and pustulate, as though he was metamorphosizing into something horrible, some horrible, horrible monster. Turns out he's just allergic to KY jelly. Sam Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> was it worth it? Was yeah. it worth it? Okay. Probably not. <laughs> Dr. Brundle put a masturbating monkey in one pod. What came out of the other pod was Jason Bollinger. Hey! That's me. <laughs> his favorite trick he does at parties is pulling a flush gun out of his stomach. John Stalter. Hi, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, this next podcaster knows all about going through a change, Terry Turford. <laughs> you even warned her before. <laughs> oh, that was... Apparently that was supposed to offend me. Oh, I'm talking about your woman stuff. Yeah, I know. Alright. <laughs> I'll work hey. harder you can at it. You can Damn it, one of these days. <laughs> You'll offend her. That's right. How's everybody doing? We're good. I'm good. 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 Yeah. Good? Good? <laughs> good. I think good. we're good. All right. Good. Well, let's get some housekeeping done here real quick. Good. Patreon. Let's talk about it. Yeah, do it. Next. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. Patreon.com slash AOTKP or something like that really close to that. You just, we, we just need a couple extra bucks to help promote the show and... We we could would love your help, and you know you get extra extra things for signing up that nobody on the street gets. Even bonus episodes, and there's perks for the level of amount you choose. And we're only talking like a buck or two a month, just doing a monthly thing. So it's so easy. So anyway, check out our Patreon page. Yes, please do. 
All right, so before we get into the topic, we should probably go over to some killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast. First up in killer news, Fiona Dorf returns for Child's Play 7. But still no word on the return of Red Man. <laughs> so, guys, Child's Play 7, right? Or Chucky 7, whatever the fuck you want to call this franchise now. They dropped the Child's Play after 3. So now, like, we're officially going to be more movies without the Child's Play title hmm. than there was with the Child's well, Play. Well, who wrote it? Who's directing it? I think I think it's, like, from the sounds of it, it's, like, everybody back on board. I forget... Who, I forget the original writer's name. Don something. Um, Mancini. Yeah. He's back because he's oh. the one that's been tweeting about it and yeah. dropping these hints. Um, Is Andy back? I don't know. They, they got to, right? Because they left you hanging there at the spoiler alert at the end of the, the after credits teaser at the last one. I mean, I think Jennifer Tilly is supposed to oh, be yeah. involved somehow. I did hear that too. Well, one thing I read was that you know she was on board, and then the next thing I read is that you know Don um, Mancini was dropping hints via Twitter, like tagging Jennifer Tilly in his tweets about the next Child's Play movie. So yeah, you know who knows what the fuck that means, right? So. Right. Oh, they did. They could have just stopped though. I mean, the last one was so good. You're right, and, and it, sounded, but if, it tied the, all the room together. You know, it was. Yeah, it was, it was so a nice good. little bow on the whole thing, and um, definitely, you know, brought brought flavor back to the franchise after Cedar Chucky leaving such a bad yeah. taste in everybody's mouths. But I mean, and if they keep with that, I'm fine with another one. But as long as they don't go back down the road of Cedar Chucky, yeah. <laughs> it's such a bummer because that's such a you know. I'm not saying it's like my favorite franchise or anything. Far from it, but you know, it feels like that's one black mark out of the out of the entire franchise. I mean, I still like Bride. I even still like Three, even though Three is is not a very strong one series either. Where if where I could probably pick apart more films out of my favorite franchise, being the Friday the Thirteenth movies, of being bad. So it's kind of a bummer that uh, they just had one one big bump in the road there. Even though it had a cameo by John Waters, it still couldn't save Cedar Chucky for me. <laughs> oh, come on. That mustache can save anything. I know, right? Think I could rock that mustache, guys? Please don't. Please no. don't. Damn it. You won't be allowed in your schools anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anymore? Anyway. Any other thoughts on uh, another Chucky movie? I'm down with it. Yeah. Why not? Sure. <laughs> Terry's quiet. I don't know why she's quiet. She don't like doll movies. She doesn't like dolls. Yeah. I mean, Chucky. Yeah. No. Never mind. <laughs> I'll still. I mean, I really like the last one though. So if if it's gonna continue in that vein, then I'm fine with it. You know, being it's... good and not shitty. Yeah. yeah Keep that doing that. Makes, Let's continue yeah. that. That one. Yeah. <laughs> Also in the news, keeping in the tradition of of Jason and Freddy and Pinhead, 
Godzilla Goes to Hell in a new graphic novel by <laughs> IDW Comics. Anybody ever read any Godzilla? I've read some Godzilla comics. I've even read some of the ones that IDW have put out. Uh, I also got a bunch of the old Dark Horse ones and even some of the really old Marvel ones. But anybody ever read any uh, Godzilla comics? Nope. nope. No. It might be interesting. There's, I've seen a couple uh, shots from it, you know, like Godzilla breaking through this ginormous wall of human skulls. So. It might be kind of cool. I just, I'm just curious to see what the direction of that would go. I mean, they've never really added that kind of thing to uh, to the mythos of Godzilla. So, yeah, is that even like, you know, I mean, hell, that's like a Christian concept. Does that even have any bearing on Godzilla? Is he like? That just seems kind of odd that they would. Uh, yeah place him in hell yeah that's yeah that's why why it might be i'm curious to see because it's just very odd of all all characters to put into hell but space is next he's, <laughs> he's been to space oh, that's that's nothing oh. that's nothing for old zilla that's what his close friends call him zilla <laughs> zira and I've been noticing there's been, like, um, some talks again about the It remake. I don't have any specifics, but I did want to bring up a question I have for you guys, because I was thinking about this today. Um, if they ever finally get off their asses and do a theatrical It remake... Well, I remember the the, uh, the article I, I saw the headline for. I didn't read it, but just, like, it, the It remake's going to get an R rating. And I'm like, okay, great. Good, better. But um, but what I want to know is how how would you guys do it? Um, would you do it as a period piece and have like the main story take place in the eighties? Because all the flashback stuff with the kids is obviously the fifties, and that's very obvious when you read the book. But um. Or would you modernize it, which means that the kids would have to be when they when they're kids, they'd have to be like seventies or, or early eighties. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, does it really matter? I mean, it'd probably be easier just to uh, modernize it. Yeah, that's that would be what I would what I would think. Let's just modernize it. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they need to. I think it'd be the fifties, yeah. Yeah, it'd be more relatable, you know. I just, I don't know. I mean, if if that would um, hinder the original source material or not. I know how some people get so up in arms about the remake thing and and altering the story, but yeah. But you know, then again, what's the point of doing a remake if you're not going to make it kind of different? Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on on it? Time period of it. For the remake? No? Alright then. It'll be what it'll be. Cool. And then, what's this What's this shit I'm seeing about a female pinhead? What? 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 That's, that's more in line with the original story. Remember I was telling you, like, the original, like, the head Cenobite was, like, a female. And they made, they made pinhead a male for the other movies. So, ha. Well, 
And there was the, the, the comic book series or the graphic novels. I'd have to ask my buddy because he's the expert on this. Um, but something about the – I'm blanking on her name, the character from the first movie. Chris, Kristen? Christy? Christy? Yeah. I don't know why I'm bl- – yeah, Christy. Uh, in the comic books or something, she actually somehow ends up turning into a female pinhead. Oh, that's badass. It's something like that. My buddy tried to explain it to me, but without ruining a lot of the uh, the story elements. But I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to get my hands on that shit. That sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. So continuing could- any continuation of her storyline, and <laughs> then the fact that like she eventually does not escape it because she becomes the next yeah. pinhead. It's pretty awesome. Either way, New Hellraiser is going to suck. Well, <laughs> well, they just keep. It's, well, they, it's gonna, they it's learned they couldn't do. Budget. They learned they couldn't do another male pinhead without Doug Bradley. So they're like, we got to do something else. It's just this cheap. I mean, it's almost like they're somebody got the license to do it, but it's a it's a Hellraiser knockoff. Yeah, but and thing- that's what the last few were. They were just. An excuse to have Doug Bradley on screen, or the that last one that was just Doug Bradley's special cousin in the makeup. I don't know. It's just it, the last several were made just as an excuse to hold on to the franchise rights. Yeah, which I don't get. Like you still gotta the whole point of holding on to those franchise rights is so you can make money off of the franchise, right? So why would you just poop out a movie? Uh, without any effort, just to uh, just to hold on to the rights when it, that movie's not going to make any money, just piss people off. Yeah, all it did was anger people. I don't know anybody that truly likes those last few movies, especially that last one. I can't even remember what it's called, <clears> but I mean, my bowel movement from three days ago was way better than that movie. <laughs> so it just goes to show you that the horror monsters, the ones that talk, can't be replaced. I guess, That's, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, that is kind of true. Because the personality is so different. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with Freddy. That didn't work. But Jason and Michael, you, you, every, every actor's different. It plays them. So. Yeah. And I'm sure the hardcore nerds obviously prefer this guy to that guy, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I prefer Kane Hodder as Jason over a lot of other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I read a, I read an article that like almost started pissing me off, but then I realized the whole thing was a freaking joke. It was like some some website said, you know, hands down the top ten best horror movies ever. Period, and it had like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake on it, and, uh, and like um, Troll Two, and the, and the article was like really funny, just talking about how truly scary Troll Two is, and yeah, scary it got made. Anyway, so who knows? Maybe I mean, there might be hope with this with uh, with this uh, female pinhead. I mean, well, and Heather Langenkamp is supposed to be in it. Oh, for real? Oh. Yeah, that's the only reason why I even know this thing exists. Is <laughs> because she apparently has at least a small part in it. I really don't don't know. She said the script is good, but you know, she might need money. So. <laughs> Not being a dick, I'm just yeah. yeah. Cool. Got to work. Got to work somehow. And the last thing I have in horror news is, um, you know, the rumor mill about a Halloween TV show. 
Yep. So there's that. All right. <laughs> so let's move on to our topic. So I just want to start off by saying I I I marathoned a lot of movies today. I took some. I've taken some days off from work. Today being the first day, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do nothing but veg out and watch. Try to watch as many body horror movies as I can as possible. Then that way, they're really fresh in my my mind for tonight's episode. And um, I also just recently watched uh, a documentary about one of my favorite bands called uh, The Residents. You guys familiar with Ooh, The Residents? Oh yeah, love The Residents. Anyway, there's a documentary out called uh, called uh, Theory of Obscurity, and I watched it last night, and I'm like, oh man. And and I realized today that I need to be careful what I wish for, because after watching Theory of Obscurity, I'm like, oh man, I just I'm really in the mood right now for just really some avant-garde, just off the wall, weird nonsense shit. You know, I just want to I want to watch some of that stuff. And then that's pretty much what I ended up watching all day. <laughs> it's like every movie, I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? And one of those was Starry Eyes. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yes. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it was great. It was, it, was, it was great, but at the end of it, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Well, I told you. What? Well, you saw it. You saw it too. Yeah. Yeah, so what the fuck just happened? Guys, tell him. <laughs> See, you don't know. She gave her soul to be famous. Yeah. What the hell happened to her, though? She li- like, literally gave her soul to be famous, so they... Uh, how do I want to put this? Um, In devil worship, Mike. It, <laughs> uh, Tell him, John. I don't want to say revitalized her uh, or reimagined her. It, it created a new, prettier, more talented version of herself, I guess. To be famous... I don't know. Okay. She was willing to do anything. Yeah, like suck off a dude. But yeah. I meant sell your soul. Well, <laughs> I get all that. Same but thing, right? Yeah. Did she have to... <laughs> yeah. Was the point of the third act of... The whole point of the third act was I have to kill all my friends in order to be reborn as the starlet that I want to be? Well, I think it's kind of saying like how some people literally will give up everything to be famous. Well, yeah, they will, like, they will well, totally ignore the people that supported them. I'm I'm not saying that I know people like that, but I totally do. And it was awesome watching yeah. them fall on their face. Well, I get the subtext of it. Believe me, it's not it's not yeah it's not buried in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, exactly. It's in your face of the whole effing movie. I'm just talking like literally narratively. What the fuck was going on? And you know. <laughs> Sometimes like, you just want to murder your friends in a rage. Is, well, like, as guy, you, as you guy, deteriorate. Yeah, exactly. The guy told her to kill her old life. So that's what she did. She literally killed all of her friends and anything that was connected to her, her previous life. And she slowly decays and dies and then is reborn as this new star. I also think I shouldn't have watched this so so quickly after watching Contracted. Yeah. Because yeah. that minute she peels her fingernail off, I'm just like, oh, I'm watching Contracted again. I was waiting for it to be a zombie thing. And that's where that's why the ending threw me off. Not because it wasn't a zombie thing, but it's just like at least Contracted 
explained at the end there what this what this was what this was what ha- what what happened to her. This is this whole movie, and I'm not saying it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I actually really did enjoy the movie, but you know it. But it is really open to interpretation, which is a, which is a good thing, and and um, also is very. Um, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, uh... <laughs> you know, like horns. You know how, like, horns has its own sense of reality and, like, things happen in that movie without any explanation, but it's a, but it's okay, it doesn't matter? And it is the same thing here, but it just, it just took me, it caught me so off guard because, because it felt like the, there was a lot of beats right down to the exact same things happening to this girl as contracted and contracted was just this like very similar little put a bow on it narrative what's that very similar beats the whole movie yeah yeah there was it's pretty similar but i have to say i i I like this a lot more i did too even though oh i'm with you yes i do too uh you know it is definitely i think ambiguous and open to interpretation but you're you're right it does have like a very I thought it was like a very kind of David Lynchian kind of dream logic that it had, just yeah. like very surreal. Yeah, kind of. It's it's almost like kind of a mix between like, you know, Mulholland Drive meets Eyes Wide Shut meets Martyrs. <laughs> just like that's kind of the vibe I got. Just like really dark, like really dark when you think about <laughs> just the whole concept of like you know giving your life for uh you know for a success and i don't know i just it's pretty pretty heavy stuff really but really 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 uh thought provoking yeah i just i just love like the themes and like um I don't want to ramble on too much. You guys can inter- you know interrupt me. But it's <laughs> <laughs> like please. Uh, no, like I go ahead. Was that somebody? I was just gonna give uh, Mike some crap here. Yeah, he's mm. all, always such a big proponent of. Oh, I, I love it when it's open to interpretation and they all don't right. reveal everything. And well, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And now good. you're like, oh, they didn't tell reveal me this. everything. What's that crap? I'm just saying. <laughs> it, said he liked it. I'm just saying I was caught off guard. I, because uh, I also had a different expectation going into the movie anyway. I thought it was going to be far more grounded in reality. Like, like mm-hmm. she was going to, they were going to be making, I thought they were going to be making this movie and basically, I, I looked at this movie and probably didn't help that the fact that Pat Healy was in this movie. But I kind of saw this movie when going into it as like this is this is kind of be like cheap thrills. They're going to keep making her do things for this movie, Uh-oh. and how far is she willing to go for it? That's the direction I thought the movie was going to go. And yeah, and maybe you know, like I said, maybe because Pat Healy was in this movie. Pat Healy makes me want to do things. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll watch Pat Healy in anything, even in oh, yeah. Keepers. So one of the, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I'll tell you my Pat Healy story sometime when we're not recording. Oh, it's a li- it's he's really nice, but the, uh, everything else surrounding it was a little awkward. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, and his mustache was really cool too. Anyway, super sexy. Yeah, great stash. Mm, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I thought they they did like a really good job too of just like capturing the whole like audition process or like you know yeah any kind of like hiring process. There's like that whole process where you know you're trying to like you know go in there and you're trying to not be too awkward and too fake, but it's just like this like power play that goes on, and uh, I just thought they did a really good job. And like an, capturing the truth behind behind that. Go ahead. And it's another <laughs> great. It's another great. It's another movie with a great throwback score. That mm-hmm. synth yeah. music. Oh my god. Oh man. I I want the soundtrack to this movie. I really do. I, I think it was released on vinyl too. No. Oh. I'm trying to remember who released oh. it. Either yeah. Death Waltz or Mondo. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, Either way, I want it. Just an amazing story. Just so haunting and like some great synth noise. Oh, it's beautiful. In, indie, uh, well, more independent movies have had great soundtracks over the last two or three years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been awesome. I love it. Like the guest that the has guest. one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this this whole like genre of like you know sort of throwback synth synth wave is like you know really having a a renaissance. I think right now. Yeah. Just I'm glad really, it exists. Really good music. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. You're next. Didn't that had a really good synth mm-hmm. score too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. So it definitely felt retro. I mean, definitely dated it. It felt really great. Mm-hmm. I really liked the girl a lot. I thought she did, a really I thought good she did great. She yeah. reminded me of uh, Jacqueline from Through the Night. Remember? <laughs> Our old yeah. actress gal. Yeah. Friend who Lynn Lowry almost too right, but yeah, a little bit. She had a yeah, she was great. I thought she kicked ass. Yeah, she had like a really familiar look. Like I kept thinking, where have I seen her before? And well, she looked a lot like the actress that was in Contracted. I thought she looked really similar. Skinny brunette. Yeah, yeah. they all look the same. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that says the blonde. That's that's racist. Anyway. <laughs> Did anyone else think that the uh, the woman in the audition was a lot like uh, one of the Mads from uh, Mystery Science Theater? <laughs> I kept thinking that while I was watching. You it. think she was TV's Frank's mom or something? <laughs> yes. I don't know. She just she just reminded me so much of that one of the blonde uh, Mad Pearl or. Oh, Mrs. Forrester, Pearl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get that out of my head when I was watching it because she was so over the top. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was good. And when shit hit the fan, oh my god, that scene where she goes around murdering people, though. When mm. that first slice of that girl's cheek oh was fucking oh, awesome. And it just bled and bled and bled. Oh, yeah. but the fucking, the fucking free weight on the head? Yes! Jesus Christ! I have, this is going to sound really weird, but I have a soft spot in my heart for the <laughs> mashing of a human face to the point of unrecognizability. <laughs> to the point where it's just mush. To me, that's one of my like favorite gore effects <laughs> of all seen, time. Yeah. Have you seen Irreversible then? No, I, I still haven't seen Irreversible. Yeah. Oh my that has the best like face smash I've ever seen. Oh, Jesus we did Christ. it in collapse. Well, Jason, well, Jason, you're looking at me weird, but like, well, we didn't no, go, didn't we didn't go as far as I wanted to go with that though. I mean, I literally, 
I find it. I, I applesauce. I love done. it. Yeah, yeah, when it's to the point where like it doesn't even look like it's a human being anymore. It's just a pile oh, of blood. Yeah. Should we turn him <coughs> over the authorities now? Maybe. No, uh, <laughs> you're not letting me finish. Just like watching. What I like about it. What I like about it. One of my like favorite. One of my favorite um, <laughs> examples of it is the short film My Sweet Satan uh, by Jim <laughs> Van Van Bieber. Um, oh, Bieber. And. Uh, what I like about that effect is just like to me that's really terrifying of like completely losing your identity in death, you know, like coming across this body and not being able to identify that it's even a human being. That uh, this person has been has honestly, and that that's so this is how I look at the effect. Like this person has been is not only dead but has been com- just completely erased off the face of the earth, and that's a terrifying concept to me. So not only is it is it fun because of the gore and the special effects and blah 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 and it's brutal and all that? But there's there's an underlying tone of of terror for me, really that really gets under my skin. So yes, that was a great effect. So brutal though. I mean, we saw a lot of it. Like yeah. there were a lot of stages to it, mm-hmm. and plenty I, of them felt like she was still a person for a little bit. Yeah. It's brutal. It almost felt like. Like even when it was that point of like the it, the head's gone at that point, but the, the body was still kind of moving a bit. Ugh. The ch- the toes twitching. Yeah, it's always a good addition. Yep. Oh my god, it was awful, but awesome at the yeah, same I thought time. Yeah, uh, I thought the effect in this movie was actually better than Irreversible. Yeah. Which I I haven't seen it in a while, but doesn't in that movie doesn't he just like punch the dude in the face? No, he, he takes he, he takes the uh, um, takes a fire extinguisher and just keeps bashing his face in. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. and they do a really good job of going from the dude, you know, the actual actor. Yeah. To didn't they use didn't they use like CGI dumb. though in that movie? I think a little bit. Um, it has been a while since I've seen it too, so I might be remembering it a little differently. But there is a part when he's done, the jaw like moves. You know, it opens up a little bit more, and it's just like, oh my fucking god! Nice. It's royally fucked up. Yeah. Just something about this I thought was just better. Just like the fact that she uses a fucking exercise weight. Yeah. yeah. Just like that visceral detail is just like really brutal. Well, I thought that she was like gonna go and try to frame the boyfriend or something there for a second. Yeah, that's what I thought it was gonna go to. That's kind of what it seemed like, and then he just walks in, I'm like, oop, gotta kill this guy too. Bashes him over the head with the fucking weight. What's up? (laughs) But then for no reason, she goes out and kills the guy in the van. No, there's reason. Well, uh, there's a little reason, but, you know. Come on. She just goes crazy. Well, and it's like you said, you know, she's got to kill her, her old life. life. That, yeah. that cheek slice was just bled so amazing. So much blood. Mm. Oh my gosh. Perfect. And then she wasn't cool. done with her. No. She yeah, had to no. stab the shit out of her, too. It was and awesome. And then she suffocated her with the f- that poor... Like, oh, yeah, the bag. She was a bitch, but come on. And I'll tell you what, like, I, I find that type of death in cinema far more brutal than a gore effect of like suffocating somebody with a with a plastic bag mm-hmm. when it's done right man that's just that's just really really brutal and terrifying it's a little more tangible and yeah actual. i think what's yeah what's great is relatable is, too yeah. yeah like the kills in this you you get to see their reactions i think is what 
really mm-hmm. sells it. You just yeah, it just yeah, felt true. so real. Like the way they're like gasping and not, you know, acting like normal movie people act. Where it's like, oh help me. I don't know. It's just like it's just like very animalistic. Like you know, they draw it out. It's good stuff. So. Obviously, I spent way too much time during this movie trying to trying to put things together and solve the puzzle. There was one moment there when um, that's what you get when she's talking to that girl before the shit hits the fan. When she's talking to that girl in the kitchen. Oh wait, no, it was her friend earlier that day before she went crazy and killed everybody. So her roommate, her friend, um, when they're talking in the kitchen and and she talks about talking about smelling her and asks if she's on her period. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, oh, okay, it's a vampire thing. I thought that was the direction it was going to go. <laughs> nope, just really kinky. <laughs> Quit trying to solve the puzzle. I think it Enjoy was the ride. Like she, she was like becoming some weird demon almost. Yeah, for for a while I thought they were going to like take some kind of like Rosemary's Baby angle where she's like somehow impregnated with yeah like with some kind of demon of spawn. Because you oh. saw her tummy move. Yeah, yeah they did the yeah. tummy move gag and the blood all over the crotch gag. and. Yeah, I yeah I almost thought that it was going to be like she was going to give birth to an, a new version of herself or something. Well, that would have been, been fucked up and cool. <laughs> but that's, again, maybe what was cool about this movie is that it misdirected the shit out of everybody. You yeah, know, there was like, right. just yeah. enough. <laughs> just enough. What the fuck? Whatever. To, uh, Let's fuck with Mike. You see that guy over there watching that movie? Let's fuck with him. Fuck that guy. Do you think it's possible that maybe some of this movie and some of the third act was like in her head? Because there's like that party scene like in the second act where, you know, right before they like jump in the pool, they like, you know, take some acid or whatever. Like she takes drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is she like is she on drugs that whole time? Because it seems like yeah, maybe. Maybe I mean I I took the taking of the drugs as the motivation of her actually going through with what she did to get the part. Because she was obviously because <laughs> <laughs> she was obviously tripping when she was there because she was literally tripping. So well, like she was like stumbling you know, over and stuff. That's why they call it that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> At the very end of the movie, you know, her her one roommate is, you know, back to life after she'd been killed. So is that like some kind of separate? The roommate? Yeah. yeah. She wasn't she wasn't killed the night before, was she? Isn't she's the one no. who got her face smashed, right? No. No, no that, that was another girl. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. There's that I girl a, died. The other girl died. I had a hard time telling a couple of the girls apart, but. Yeah, there were there were yeah. The other one didn't really talk a whole lot. The one that yeah. got her head smashed in, yeah. like she was there just was the, kind of an extra. The nose broken girl. I I kind of giggled too, so I don't know. Oh yeah, oh, I did too because the nose, too, the nose broken girl is the one that got her head smashed in. That's right. She was the blonde one. That 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 girl was a, a passive bitch to her the whole movie. She deserved oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Because it's one thing just to be a bitch to somebody's face, but just is like to get those nods in under the radar of everyone else's attention. Like that's, but that's I could a super manipulative. I bitch couldn't stuff take there. one more slide from the cheek slash girl though. Like every fucking sentence, 
that the girl said she... Her mouth was to knock the one girl down. I know. And I'm like, oh, you're going to get it. Yeah. You're going to get it. <laughs> the whole movie. Soon. Soon. I, did, I didn't cheer when she got her cheek slashed. <laughs> that much. <laughs> uh, I almost kind of wish that she would have... I mean, I know she had to kill her, but I almost wish that she would have just cut the shit out of her face and left her like that. Yeah, that's yeah. like way worse. Whoa, Terry! Jeez. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Calm down, Satan. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Okay. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying because you know, like there was obviously yeah. a lot of vanity with that girl, you know, exactly. and so to that leave her been... mutilated would be just desserts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, dessert. I'm hungry. <laughs> I had one problem. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, well, sure, when I have problems, everybody's like, oh, here's yeah, but that's, but yours is like, silly. Jason has a problem. Silence. Yeah, listen up, talk. folks. Well, it was, or or I'm saying I'm asking for help to help me unproblem it, like we try to do with you. But Well, Jason um, hardly ever has problems with movies. Yeah, that's like, right. What? He likes everything. No, I'm kidding. Except Mike hears me bitch about everything, so I don't have to say it to anybody else. Next uh, episode's topic is going to be movies. all about movies that Jason hate, hates. <laughs> Man, my voice is ready for that. Or your ears. <laughs> so my only thing was, like, I loved, I mean, I loved everything, but when she really started, okay, when she fell out of the tub, the phone was ringing, she was climbing her way. Crawling she could barely phone. walk. Yeah. And then oh, suddenly yeah. she was walking around killing people. So was that transition weird or I miss something? Because I'm like, well, I thought she was... could barely get a- around. And then all of a sudden she's fine. Not fine, but she had no trouble whatever happened right after that. Yeah. So yeah, I, thought was, I thought that was a little weird too. Could have been an editing thing. You know, we're missing the scene or something. But. Well, obviously, there's got to be a time lapse between those moments. I know, but it's like... I'm trying to remember exactly what happened directly after the yeah. phone call, though. And I don't remember. I don't remember. But I agree with you, too. I, I felt, it was jolting. Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah, they could have explained it. It's just I, don't, I didn't think they did, so... I guess I didn't uh, notice that. And I got over it, because I'm like, yeah, that. she's killing people, yay. But... Yeah. <laughs> and I have, to, I have to say, I actually found this movie, like actually kind of uh, inspiring just, <laughs> I thought I had, just like, to get really... back into satan a little harder or... <laughs> no i just thought i had like oh. a really positive message like you know <laughs> <laughs> that's the first that time that's ever been thing. said about this movie <laughs> like if you just uh if you just stick it out and you know really uh if you work hard for what you want you'll get <laughs> if it. you just like really suffer and yeah work hard for it and Suck, Go to the extremes. You'll get Sell what you want. You know, and you... If you if you have that ambition, and you can just get through the darkness, then you will be reborn. You know. This movie was enlightening for Sam. That's it so was awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. I mean, think about it. If if she can go if through she all up, this yeah. fucking well, shit, if she can, can like you know, man. yeah, go suck your producer's <laughs> dick and. You'll be fine, Sam. It's okay. That's but what I'm, if that's she can go through all this and <laughs> with that said, dreams, I'm producing a new movie here. And, <laughs> it makes everything seem, you know, pretty easy Take in comparison. It's a coming of age story. It's great. <laughs> coming <laughs> in of age. More than one way, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, woo! 
Old man need love too. X rating on iTunes for this episode. Yeah, sorry guys. Yeah. No, I I can see where you where you see that, Sam. Like Definitely. we're giving you a bunch of shit, but it's like yeah, a... there is there is a hidden morality and whatever in there. I, I I thought it was kind of hilarious how like there were so many uh, like the very very final shots were all like looking at all these old Hollywood starlets, like all of these really iconic women, Just like saying how many implying times this happened, that they yeah. were the ones that did it. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> interesting. Very yeah. interesting. I liked her yeah. eyes at the end too. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah those crazy contacts were amazing. green, sparkly, starry. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, oh I get it now. Yeah, no, that's really, really just now. <laughs> <sighs> it, it takes him a while. Yeah, <laughs> he still thinks it's a vampire movie. It's not. <laughs> He's still trying to count to five. <laughs> that's a zombie movie. That's what Contracted told me. <sighs> Body horror. Yay. I mean, oh, come get some. some. (laughs) So that's a resounding thumbs up from everybody on Starry Eyes. That's awesome. Yeah. It was good, and it's probably even better because I watched Contracted last week. (laughs) As in, it might not have been as good. Because, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was good. You mean, like, comparing it? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was good, but, you know, maybe it wasn't. Holy fuck, good! But it was definitely better after watching Attracted. Anyway, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I'm gonna keep my eye on this actress too because she like really gave her all. Oh yeah, yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, her all. Yep, there it is. Okay, she she gave it. (laughs) I received it. Do you think she actually shaved her head? (laughs) I I wondered that. I actually kind of got a little fixated on that myself. I. The best ball caps in the world, I can still see a ripple here and there, and I didn't see any on her. She but, might. but at the same time, that was a real, that was a really close shave. I mean, that there was no stubble or anything. No, yeah. it so. looked like you could still see the outline, but it was definitely a a razor close. If it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Effects were good. Mm-hmm. Oh way. yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, who wants to bring up another movie on our topic of body horror? Uh, Don't make me call on you. <laughs> it's going to be you, Terry. Society. Why is... Okay. That's another one I watched today, and I want to know, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> oh, man. I I love that movie, but I don't know why. <laughs> that last, the, the shunting scene or whatever you want to call it. Holy fuck. The what's the like the, they call it the shunting scene the, at the, the end, end there the, the, the oh, yeah. giant orgy of of bodies melting yeah melting flesh. together yeah. Um, I actually had to import that movie originally because at the time the DVD was going for like fifty sixty bucks used so mm-hmm. I I bought a clamshell case or whatever like a hard box case for like ten bucks watched it and I was like what the fuck. Yeah, I was glad that I got it because Brian Usna is, a, you know, a great director. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but recently, Society was released on Blu-ray by uh, Arrow, oh, okay. out of uh, the UK, and it's the movie looks fantastic on Blu-ray. 
still doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. No. I mean, it's basically society is, what, like an alien group that feeds on the poor? What, were they? You have no <laughs> idea how, what the fuck they that's were. How I kinda, that's how I kind of got it. Is that but they, they, they denied being aliens. Or they're just, they've or maybe they've just always been around and they just feed that, on the poor. That could be, and I'm willing to say I don't give a shit on where they're from. That's fine. They could be aliens. Yeah. They could be whatever. That's they could fine. Be from Kentucky. And I don't need to be told what they are. What I do need to be told is, is what the hell was the point of the, of the body mill orgy? I think that's how, like, because there was a few poor people and then the, 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 uh, the guy was there, the main actor. I want to say, in a weird way, that's how they get their nutrients, <laughs> or how they kind of survive this weird orgy of flesh, and that's, and butt that's faces the closest thing and, I could come up with too. Yeah, it doesn't. For me, I mean, I love this movie no matter what. It, that last part doesn't have to make a lot of sense. The movie's fucked up no matter how you look at it. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, it, it almost felt like there wasn't enough thought put into that part of it. It was just like. Let's just do a bunch of crazy effects and do you know, fucked up things for fucked up things sake. You know what I mean? Like, because, because, uh, when, you know, John Amos Jr. or John Stamos Jr. Um, <laughs> breaks free and he's running through the house and he keeps running into, like, people in weird body contortions. And when he goes into his quote unquote family's bedroom and the dad's face is oozing out of its his butt. And of course, you know it's an 80s movie because there's obviously a joke line there. It's like, I guess you're right, son, I am a butthead. Yeah. You know? mm. Only in the 80s are you going to get that line in a movie like this. It's still funny. Oh, it was funny. Yeah. I'm not denying it. But. Or how about the shower scene where he walks in? Well, he thinks it's his sister and he walks in yeah. to the, the bathroom and he like... She's like... What was it? She's... Facing the shower door, but then all of a sudden, the at the bottom, there's an ass. Yeah, the face and boobs are, are like reversed. Are <laughs> like reversed? Not right. It's the the scene when Mel Brooks um, goes through the transporter in Spaceballs, and his ass is on this front. That's yeah. exactly what it was, but it was a fully nude woman behind yeah. smoked glass. Because you know, watching your sister in the shower isn't creepy at all. But the thing is, is like it, her boobs were way bigger in the special effect. Of the boot of the uh, ass backwards than her actual boobs. So, yeah, that ruined I'm it for just you. Saying. Huh? It did. What well, took me out of the moment? I'm just saying. <laughs> took you out of the moment of a guy walking in on his sister in the shower. Man, that kills it. <laughs> I just didn't believe the movie anymore after that. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Those tits are way too big, and now they're small. What the fuck? Well, when he opens the door and she's standing naked, like she can use one hand to cover both boobs. So I can't even do that. Exactly. <laughs> so um yeah it's it is a uh, special effects um craziness there in the third act again yeah. like all kinds of of just crazy you know it felt like that was probably the big motivation and again this is a movie with no subtlety in the subtext yeah you know and again it's obviously a product of the 80s because it's a whole like Upper class devouring the lower class kind of thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, but it's it's still a lot of fun, and I really. Oh, it's fun. I think people should totally pick up the uh, the Blu-ray of it. Uh, yeah, it's just such a it's such a fun movie. And I think like if you were to do this movie, you know, beat for beat nowadays, I don't think it'd be as enjoyable 
as it, as it would be if you know as the eight eighty nine version. Just because like that eighties aesthetic really mm-hmm. adds a lot to to the movie, whether whether um, ironically or not. But I think I find the film far more entertaining the fact that it takes place in the eighties, and then I can forgive the fact that like I don't know what the hell's going on. And I'm just along for the ride. And because there's several moments, too, that I couldn't figure out. Is this supposed to be comedy as well? I'd say, I, honestly, when it comes down to it, it's it's basically uh, body horror, sci-fi comedy. I mean, it's definitely got a lot of comedy involved. And the, the, the dark-haired girl that he ends up having sex with... Um, In the weird, weird sex. Yeah, the weird sex. That girl's mother? What the hell is that character about? I mean, obviously, comic relief for the most part. Every time she's on screen, you know, it it's funny. But uh, but I didn't understand like none of that was even explained at all. She's all just... I can think of is that she like because a lot of the upper class or the society, um, they they basically use people as their slaves and tools. And I think that's all it was. I don't think that was really her mother. I think it was well, just this mentally challenged person, or what, or yeah, just somebody that they used up or whatever. It's that it's they kinda... they sucked all the whatever they needed out of her, yeah, and now like, she's just weird. a zombie. Yeah, because I mean, it's weird the the whole scene at the end. It's like they're doing it for nutrients or whatever or pleasure. It's kind of hard to say, but that maybe that woman could be the uh, byproduct of you know one of their events. Maybe, but again, it's never explained. She just who she is, who she is, and, you know. And she keeps special. Want, she always wants to grab people's hair. She has a hair fetish. Um, As well, yeah. Well, and then if 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 she is like I guess a used up vessel, then like why isn't there more people in town that are like that? True. And how often does does the society need to to quote unquote feed? Because like the the parents and the and the sister have no interest in joining the body melting orgy. They go off and do each other in the bedroom. I guess. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they were doing. They're having their own private body contorting orgy with like the two, the mom and the daughter melting together and what the, whatever the hell. Yeah. What the fuck? It, <laughs> it's. It, it sounds gross, and it is. So you should. I've been trying to zone out, but as soon as no. you said mother daughter orgy, you know. I but could... are they really mother daughter? I mean, uh, who knows, man? Who knows? I, don't... I think society, in a weird way, it, in the movie, is just this almost uh, hive mind organism that can kind of break off into different people and groups to like try to bring more people in. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass. Well, but watch then, the movie. And then I wondered, like, was it kind of an invasion of body snatchers kind of thing? Are they possessing people or, like, creating clones or something? Because the, the nerd kid that was running against uh, John Stamos Jr., um, uh, running against him for class president, um, you know, was like, I got to meet with you later. Which, I guess, like, in retrospect, I realize now, yes, it was all set up just to prank him or whatever. Or, um, to, but again, that almost seemed like what was the point of that? But, and then he finds the, but then he finds the kid dead in his car, but then he's alive the next day. And I'm like, oh, that's when I was like, oh, this is like an invasion of the body snatchers type thing. That's, yeah, I could see that. But, 
that's never explored any further either if that is the case it's just like there's a, like all these different things going on and none of it's explained and none of it is, is progressed so i don't know again it, it, it is a fun movie it's worth a watch um it is it's definitely it's totally 80s right down to the mullet of on our lead actor you know john and the, stamos jr john stamos jr and uh which i found out uh his name is billy warlock who uh that's the that's the actor and he played um i guess uh cory in halloween 2 although i'm not sh- i can't remember who cory is in halloween 2 probably just a uh, nobody i don't know this is why we need justin on here yeah exactly but the uh the person i recognize instantly is um heidi kozak who was the the bitchy blonde cheerleader girlfriend to bill mm-hmm. uh, shauna i instantly recognized her as being um the girl that goes skinny dipping in friday the 13th part 7 mm-hmm. and she's also right. and she's also the drummer in Slumber Night or Slumber Party Massacre Part Two, woo! Yeah. So, Terry, gonna watch Society now? If we talk to you in a minute. Uh, no. You can trust me. Don't trust Mike. Trust me, it's good. I can't trust you, John. Why? <laughs> same reason. I same reason. You like the same weird shit that Mike does. <laughs> um, it is entire in its entirety, including the nudity on YouTube. That's how I watched it. Even though I do own it on DVD, I've got <laughs> yeah, like but I still watch it on YouTube. Wow. Um, well, that way I can watch it on my laptop without my son walking in the room and seeing that on the TV. So doesn't what, your laptop have a disk drive? Anyway, the disc that I have is the is the two pack, um, the drive-in. I forget the, the like drive-in whatever. And it's two movies on one. Um, one side is Society, and the other one is uh, Toby Hooper's Spontaneous Combustion. Ooh, fancy! But, yeah, which I think that one goes for quite a bit on eBay as well. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Society. Again, I'm telling you, every movie I watch today, just I'm just like, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> hey, Sam. Yo. What about, what what uh, movie springs to your mind when we uh, say body horror? Body horror? Uh, there's so many on this list. The the only other movie I watched just for this was uh, Possession. Did anyone else see that? It's another one I watched today for the what first the time. Fuck? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> like, we just talked about Starry Eyes not making much sense. But this was, like, beyond confusing. All right, well, let me tell you. Do you have any idea what the fuck was happening here? I, 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 think, I, can, I think I can take this. Okay. Please. John? <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? I blanked for a second. Possession. Possession? Oh, uh, I was going to watch this. Oh, I thought you'd seen it before. No, I haven't seen it. Oh. Uh, but I just knew a lot about it. Like, 
Well, because it was recently re-released. Uh, I was yeah. planning on watching it, and then I got really, really lazy. Well, this is one but of it's the... got Sam Neill, and that's all I care about. Exactly, a very young yeah. Sam Neill. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, cannot believe how young he Dustin's was dad. at one time. Um, <laughs> but well, this is the movie that like I had put towards the top of the list when I made the list, even though it was at the last one on the list. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, literally, because like okay. I thought it would be, I thought it would be topical <laughs> because the director just recently passed away as well, and there's kind of been over the past few years this like newfound cult status for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like after watching, I'm like, oh, does it really belong on this list? Where's the body horror? You know, yeah. Other than her having um, sex with a tentacle beast. That's the closest, really. But what the hell is that thing? There just happens to be some tentacle creature monster that ends up being a doppelganger for Sam Neill. Spoiler alert. <laughs> was that the same entity? Like that? Was that like the doppelganger? I don't know. Okay. All right. So that is too. the theme of this night. I don't know. That's that's what we're going to call this yeah. episode. <laughs> we kind of have to now. You both watched it, but you both haven't hardly said anything. Cause it's the I don't know Except you're really episode. confused. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. This is a movie. This is a movie about divorce as if it was written by H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> that's hot. That's hot. Because <laughs> that's, that's really what the most of the majority... The movie starts... Right out of the gate. You can't say that this is like a slow burn movie, even though there's this like takes forever for things to happen. But like but it's just bonkers right out of the gate because you get introduced to these two characters and they're just instantly at each other's throats, man. And she's obviously crazy, but he's crazy too. I mean, he goes off the rocker at several moments, like when but basically what it boils down to this movie is about about their relationship, uh, they're they're a married couple and they have a, a son named Bob, um, young guy probably around the age of my son, um, and uh, but their marriage is completely falling apart and she is just being really you know standoffish and like and not giving him any answers and he's like screaming at her for answers. And then it finally comes out that that she has been cheating on him, and that's when he really goes off the edge. Like that scene in the the restaurant where he just starts like chasing her through the restaurant, thro- right. literally throwing tables and chairs out of his way um, everywhere. I mean, it was like a bull going through a china shop. That's that was the destructive nature of Sam running through this uh, through this restaurant, and it took like. Two waiters and two cooks to tackle him to the ground. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty violent scene for just a <laughs> little argument chase scene in a, in a restaurant. He was, was kind of like the velociraptor in the kitchen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> now we see where that came from. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, how else would you explain How else would you explain this movie, Sam? Um, yeah, like I couldn't figure out what was going on because... Yeah, like you said, it turns out she's been cheating and she's like involved with some kind of a uh, some German dude who's kind of is he supposed to be like 
like gay or bisexual or something? I think so because like, he got really uh, he got really butt hurt when 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 no pun intended, but when um, <laughs> when Sam Neil was like, oh. yeah, I'm done with you too. I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. And he was just like just as upset about that as he was like um, the relationship being broken off with, with Sam Sam Neil's wife. Yeah. But, um, that character. And then there's like some weird scene where they're, he's like doing a karate fight with him. Like he does karate on him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and Sam Neill's character, he's like some kind of secret agent or something, right? Or, um, but it's, but it's never developed. No. So, well, I'll get to that. Um, but uh, there's this whole there's this whole weird theme going on too with doppelgangers because um, eventually we get introduced to their son Bob's teacher, who was played by the same actress as Sam Neill's soon-to-be ex-wife. Yeah, but only she's got, like different hair. Yeah, different hair and different contacts in. So was, her eye color, her eyes are a different color, and her hair is a different color. So, that's weird. And it's acknowledged, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And... (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) I really wish more of you guys had seen this and you'd help explaining it. Yeah. I can't do it. Well, I'll watch it it this weekend and take a time machine back and tell myself what I thought. It was... It was interesting. I mean... It, it did have, like, you know, just, like, really intense acting, just... Whatever it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Well, because there's obviously... <laughs> you want to talk about... We were talking about how, like, how like Starry Eyes and um, society was not subtle in their, in their message. There's a lot of things going on in this movie that I really think you'd have to watch it a few times to, to really interpret. Yeah. I'm not even sure if there is like you know an objective interpretation you can make it just seems very uh it's very like art house oh very yeah like like uh is the director polish is that what i read i think so yeah yeah that's i think polish yeah it's just a very you know european movie if you can Mm -hmm. say there's such a thing i don't even know where they're supposed to be from but you know like sam neill is I guess English or Australian, and yeah, they both of... have really thick accents to the point where at some at, there was a few of her lines that I couldn't quite make out what she was saying. Yeah, and then she's French, and then there's like a German guy or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god! Like, oh, I'm jumping way ahead here, but the third act, man. What the what the fuck? He gets in that cab, and. Oh, and holds the cabbie up at gunpoint and tells tells him to ram the cop car, and then it yeah. breaks out into a shootout in the street, and Sam Sam gets shot, and then he goes and confronts confronts his wife, who is now with the the, the Sam Neil doppelganger, and I'm like, is this an Antichrist thing? Like not Antichrist the movie, but like bringing forth the Antichrist because. That's the only thing I could come up with to explain the very, very end. 
mm-hmm. when the husband and wife get gunned down in machine fire, but the doppelganger Sam Hayes or Sam Hayes <laughs> Sam Neil <laughs> <laughs> Sam Neil isn't doesn't get doesn't get affected by the by the bullets or whatever, and then he goes to the apartment of the teacher who is watching the sun, mm-hmm. and he starts beating on the door, and the sun's like. Don't answer the door, don't answer the door. And she's like, I want to answer the door. And so she's going to go answer the door. And the son runs off, runs into the bathroom, jumps into the bathtub, which already has a full full, uh, full of water already. Yeah. Face, fully clothed, face down, and just lays there, like drowning himself. And then it cuts yeah. back to the teacher, as and you, can, and you can start to kind of tell through the smoked class that it's, that it's the doppelganger Sam... On the other side of the door, but then you start hearing like these weird siren noises and like thunder and like explosion noises and just all these like weird noises. And she's reacting to the noises, and then it just effing ends. Yeah, it's so trippy. It's almost like you know, completely different movies. It's like you know, the beginning is like some kind of domestic drama and then it's like a horror movie and then it's like an action movie and then just like a weird art house movie at the end i don't know man there's i mean there's just a lot that's going on in this movie like there's obviously something going on um like there's moments of what almost seem like breaking the fourth wall where i mean it happens more with sam neill's character where he's where he just where the shots are set up to where he's talking directly in, into camera. But then there's one moment that really caught me off guard, because he was really the only character that, that did that. Not that he was directly directing the, the audience, but just the camera shot was set up, which you just don't do unless you are breaking the fourth wall. Um, but then, like, and again, we're talking like almost an hour in the movie, and you learn that the wife is a ballet instructor... And there's that whole scene where where she's just like screaming at that one girl, and she's crying and whatnot. And then it and then it literally cuts to her turning to to camera, and I can't remember exactly what she's saying in that moment, but those lines could be interpreted as being said to the girl or to the audience. They 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 were that ambiguous of dialogue. Not that a lot of the dialogue made sense anyway. There were some really weird lines in this movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is like very just... Oh, man. I don't know what to make of it. But interesting. It's very... uh, The cinematography is like very Argento-esque. You know, it's just got like those... You know, really wide lens, roaming shots, just oh yeah, just like very fluid camera work. It's I, yeah, it's it, a pretty film. It's there's very pretty. definitely some Italian feel to some of the way it's shot, and even some of the score. Yeah. Oh, I remember one scene where the dialogue didn't make any damn sense to me. The whole scene would, was weird, and I felt like I missed something. Because I may or may not have nodded off a couple times during this movie. But there's a scene where he's on the bridge and he sees the dead dog floating in the river. Yeah. And that guy is talking to him about the dead dog. Like, and relating that to society. I don't know what the hell. 
<laughs> what was that? Dialogue didn't make it. Didn't make any sense. Yeah, I didn't get it. I think probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie, besides the uh, scene where she's having intercourse with a tentacle monster, yeah, is uh, the scene where she's like, like in the subway uh, uh, tunnel area, and she's like having some kind of fit. Like, I guess she's having like a miscarriage, but there's just like oh, yeah. this. This fucking long take. It's like a four minute take, and she's just like convulsing and like headbanging. It's just like the most insane acting. Like, she had to have gotten a a massive headache doing that. She's got some really crazy moments. And well, and then there's the birthing scene where Mm -hmm. she's like just bleeding out, like white milky substances and there's greeny oozy stuff and I'm like what is going on but you never really see like the full birth yeah but that's like the same scene pretty much is it okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah i just think like the part where she's like headbanging and then like vomiting i what just want to see someone like going on? Yeah. i just want want to see someone put that scene to like some kind of thrash metal music <laughs> <laughs> like mash it up there has to be a metal band somewhere that did that as a Video they could never release. Yeah. It would go perfectly. Yeah. Well, and but that'll happen. I'm trying to remember now, but that'll happen because I thought it was related to where the groceries, the the groceries scene where she's just like smashing the eggs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that happened shortly before that, right? Yeah, it's in the it's in the same scene. Like, she oh, it is the same scene. Okay, because like, then, yeah, she winds up on the on the ground and. Because it looked like, to me, a lot of the fluids that were oozing out of her yeah. were, was milk and eggs and, like, all the stuff she was, like, well, there's all, like all the groceries. Yeah, there's, like, white and red and green goop. Yeah. It's, like, very Evil Dead, too. Yeah. Because uh, I, 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 I think, like, there's... I'm, I'm, my theory on this whole movie, and... This may be too broad because I think there may be way more things going on in this movie than just one one topic. But uh, I think the whole movie has is is about divorce and and this woman going through a change in her life as she's going through like this big personal and physical change. Well, what we're seeing is a physical change where she's going through a personal change and like her expelling the. Uh, the goo out of her, which is reminiscent to the groceries, I interpret of just like, you know, because, you know, you hear horror stories and divorces all the time of like, you know, whether it be a midlife crisis of the man or the, the woman, woman's own midlife crisis or whatever, but like, the domestic mother type woman that, that she was up to this point is is not her anymore and she wants to be this other person now so i i don't know if that if that is is a connect connection to all that or not but yeah i think you do probably have to take it you know all metaphorically because i mean there's no like inciting incident you don't really you know see what the origin of this phenomenon is she just Mm -mm. it's just all very sudden and yeah, the yeah the quote unquote horror slash supernatural element of this movie, it just it's just there and comes out of nowhere. Yeah, 
and it's not explained, and which is fine, but it's it's just literally oh now there's this, you know, um, after spending you know forty some minutes of there not being that, but yeah, my favorite shot because I thought it was really creepy was when that one guy was in her new apartment, and. And the creature's against the wall, and it's just like this red gooey guy or whatever, and the eyes open up and kind of steps away from the wall. I thought that looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty gruesome to the extent that there is, you know, gore. There's not much, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, uh, brutal was it when he... Um... Killed the Ger- was it the German diet guy that Sam killed in the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wax him over the head with the uh, the toilet lid. And then stuffs his head in the toilet, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. You guys want to check out Possession? Probably not. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I do. <laughs> Good. You're speaking John's language. I'm hoping well, I've been meaning to get a hold of it for a while now. There's it's, a collector's yeah. edition. It's like $65. And I want it. Yeah. You can find it online. Stream it online. Oh, yeah. I found a copy online to download. But I like buying stuff, too. So yeah, I'll get my money one way or another. <laughs> as much as this movie baffles me and... I actually do kind of want to have it in the collection, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I'll just mention the uh, the main actress. She, uh, you might recognize her from Nosferatu. The, oh the, yeah, the Werner Herzog version. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What's her name? Blank. Uh, Isabella Johnny. Uh, however yeah. you pronounce her name. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right. Isabella Miss Hottie. Yeah, she was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's Possession, I guess. <laughs> it's the best as we can describe it. <laughs> <laughs> Jason brings back to reality body horror. Um, I was thinking back to the Future. first one. Oh. Would you consider Un Chin Andalu like one of the first? Yeah. Oh, the Salvador Dali film? Un Chin Andalu. Oh, I fucking love that. Well, yeah. For being as old as it is, still having one of the uh, (laughs) most most gruesome shots in cinema history that's slicing the eyeball. You know how they did that, right? How did they do that? Uh, It's a cow eye. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, they just uh, intensified the uh, brightness and sliced that motherfucker up. I'm watching that now. Oh no, it's oh, it is a masterpiece. Not necessarily that scene, but the whole the whole. uh, Well, it's only what like fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, it's pretty short. I mean, it's it's a surrealist masterpiece. The ants coming out of the hand. Silent film. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking well, and Dolly. I mean, Christ, Salvador Dali's involved with it, so yeah, it's... Yeah, it's like... It's it, a must. It's, it's this, Salvador Dali made a short film, and that's exactly what it is, so... <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I love Salvador Dali, but I don't want to watch any eyeballs get... Oh, it's not that bad, right, it's not guys? It's the whole movie, <laughs> it's just one shot. <laughs> yeah, after you just spent 
several minutes explaining how it's like the most gruesome eyeball oh. thing ever. It does make a lot of lists. <laughs> just, just saying. But, but knowing it's a cow eye, that makes it better, right? That, well, it's not very nice to take a cow's eye and do that either. I'm pretty sure the cow's already yeah, dead. Yeah, well, in theory. <laughs> I don't know. This was like, what, the 20s? <laughs> we don't kill cows. What? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the black and white, but I find that shot more disturbing in the fact that it's a cow eye than in um, going back to um, Thriller, um, or they call her One Eye, whatever you want to call the movie. Yeah. And and the fact that they used an actual human corpse to do that ice that eye gouging. So. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh wow, nice. But and that Stop one doesn't bother. About eyeballs. I think it's Stop. the black and white thing. There's something it's... about it that because I find that maybe it's maybe it's just because it's and the slicing time the eye. The yeah, maybe something so fucked up was made when it you know. Twenty nine. Ma- yeah. Yeah. So. Well, they yeah. didn't have you know the whole MPA. Oh yeah, that was back then. that was well. That was pre-code, wouldn't have been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's but that pre-code sound. Stuff. Yeah. What are you talking you, you about? You can see like like some of those old films have like full frontal nudity and all sorts of good stuff. Pre-code movies. <laughs> pre-code, yeah. Uh, awesome. <clears throat> I mean, Freaks. Freaks. Sure yeah. Awesome. Freaks. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. But I mean. Yeah, pre-code era well, movies are something else. Yeah, some of those mo- there was like some of those movies that like they had like real human birth births in it. Yeah, it would show them at like you know like uh, real horror at, <laughs> at like nudie theaters because they try they. I love how they some of those old some of those old like nudie movies they used to try to make them educational to rationalize the fact that we're just showing you movies of naked women. <laughs> Even if it means having to show you a birthing just so you could see some JJ. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't uh, Stan Brackage film like his wife giving water birth? Oh, I don't know. Did he? Yeah, uh, huh. the experimental filmmaker. Why are we talking about? <laughs> Why are we not body horror at its finest? <laughs> yeah, body horror. Come on. What's more horrifying than uh, childbirth giving life? You think it's <laughs> horrifying? Given that birth. I'm the one that has it. the vagina. <laughs> you mean vajayjay. That's the only word Mike knows for it. Vajayjay. He probably didn't know what you were talking <laughs> That's the only about. Word that he, knows. he learned that from Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a rapper. Anyway. I don't maybe, I don't know. Oh my god. I don't know what kids are into these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of vaginas, I have a yeah. bring up. <laughs> Okay. You have a what? A movie. Oh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. It cut out. Uh-huh. I didn't hear it right. <laughs> I know it cut out at just the right moment. Yeah. <laughs> I have a what? What did she say? Okay. Hey. Speaking okay. Of, okay. Okay. Sorry. So I just started a free trial of Shutter, and on on there they have a specific category for body horror really? oh, nice. I'm like oh this is great yeah I'm going to watch some of these like none of them were the ones on the list so okay. I watched a couple that weren't on the list Whoa, but she's trying. I am very sad to report that I watched this film however <laughs> it's probably something I like yeah. <laughs> I swear to god <laughs> He's, he's going to say it anyway. <laughs> I watched Bad Biology. God dang it. Now i got to come up with a new Insane's pick. 
I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. That was my oh insane spin. Oh my god. You like this thing? It's Frank Cannon Lauder, man. I haven't actually seen it, but uh, I want to own it. it because it's Frank. I so. do own it. Okay, well... <laughs> uh, uh, Answer her question. She has seven clitorises. Clitori. Clitori? Clitori? I don't know. Yeah, this movie is weird. I, well, and first of all, I went into it <laughs> thinking that it was going to be like I don't, I don't, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but well, I didn't think that it was going to be um, have as much levity as it did. I guess there's a lot of, like it, there's, or maybe he didn't intend for it to seem funny, but with all the fucking music and sound effects, how could it not be? Like it's just ridiculous. Basically, there's this chick who has mutant genitalia. She has seven Seven. clits up up in there, like inside. So, so guys, if you can't find at least one, you really have a problem. (laughs) Yeah, you literally just throw something at it. It's just such a pervy movie. Like, yeah, it, it is a little on the pervy side. So, so a pervy. I Frank just, doing a pervy movie? No. Like, well, that's well, I didn't even look at who. Like, I just wa- clicked play because it was on that list. I didn't know anything about it. Ugh. But then, anyway, then there's also this guy who has a monster dick. And like. 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 Be more like, specific. Like, it, it, like it's like two like feet Jason. long. Oh, yeah, is it, it green? Does it have? It grows really big. It's addicted. It's to... Why are like, you? Oh, I thought you were making hand like gestures. It's like two feet long, and it's like it's weird to... and lumpy and monster looking. And... It's addicted to steroids and has a mind of its own. Yeah, like it moves on. So its own. So it's a dick, right? No, it literally has a mind of its own. Like at one point, it becomes <laughs> unattached from his body and yep, goes whoa. off and starts fucking things on its own. It goes on a we've killing all, spree. We've all been there, guys. Right? Yeah. Like it would burst through walls and stuff to it's find a vagina. Clearly a metaphor, but... But, know. okay, not only does it... Not, it, it bursts, like, the first time that it breaks through, like, a floorboard or whatever, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. But then every single place it went to, it was busting through this, like, the same It doesn't have hands, wall. Terry. But it was going through, like, the same wall, and it was yeah. going well, through... Well, when it left the house, it w- it opened the door. Why <laughs> did not open the door at these ladies' houses instead of well, busting gotta show off? There's no time for opening doors. Why right? doesn't the Kool Aid Man ever open a door? We why ask why? <laughs> oh my it. god! If that thing would have busted through the wall and been like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, would have brought the movie up a few notches for you, would it? Huh? What? It would have brought the it would have brought the movie up a few notches for you. It would have <laughs> definitely. It would have changed my entire opinion of this movie. But it was I don't, it was just I don't, what the fuck? Oh, and, and the fucking the girl like every time like she's like major nympho like she's oh, yeah. she's got to have sex uh, all the time or she like it like hurts her apparently if she doesn't. But then every time she has sex. She gives birth to some weird mutant baby in like an hour. Yep. That's not how it works? Yep, she's instantly pregnant and gives a full-term baby within like a couple hours and then like oh we'll God. leave it we'll leave it in dumpsters and yeah. 
prom night dumpster baby. It's just fucking weird. And I'm just going to go ahead and spoil the end. So spoiler alert. This girl, like, she's a photographer, and she finally meets the monster dick guy because they're using his house as a a, a photo shoot uh, venue or whatever. And uh, so she goes to, she wants, you know, she sees his dick because he's having a problem at one point with it. Like, it's flailing all over. She opens the door, and it's, like, flying around in the air all crazy. (laughs) (laughs) She's not kidding. She's like oh my god, I need that in my vagina, is basically what she says. It's a good woman right there. It's good, yeah. <laughs> so she's like, so she like goes over, she gets all dressed up, and she like goes over to the house. <laughs> and then, but she's, then the the dick isn't on his body anymore, like that's at the point that it had detached. And she's like, oh, no, there's no dick. And then it comes back, and it's just, like, laying on the floor. And she, like, resuscitates it by blowing on the end of it to give it mouth to mouth. mouth. Uh And then then it, it has sex with her. And then it dies because her vagina was too crazy for it. And then she... <laughs> oh, I need this movie. You need this movie. John. I really need this. <laughs> and, and then she, when she goes to give birth to her mutant baby, like it, it makes it seem like it like kills her. It like fucks her to death, basically. What the fuck are you? And then it gives about? birth to the, the demon baby that it gives birth to. It looks like the penis. Yeah. With arms and legs. So oh, what? Yeah. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why are all body horror movies fucked? <laughs> Experimental <laughs> films. Because they're good. So I think Cronenberg's yeah. set the standard, and everybody's just been like emulating that ever since. Everybody's trying to play catch up, and they're like, nope, can't yeah. do it. Yeah. I just, I don't. Because if you can explain Rabbit to me, then please do. But, no. Yeah, well, Badge Biology's awesome. Well, first off, I'm a Frank Henelotter fan. I love all of his yeah. movies. But I have a love-hate with Frank Henelotter. It feels like... I, in my, it, um, Basket Case, instantly loved it. But when I, the first time I saw Basket Case 2, I'm like, eh. Um, but then I watched it the second time, knowing the direction the movie went, and I'm like, oh, this is actually awesome, and I love it. Um, still can't get over Basket Case 3. That, that one, not so much. Um, I do appreciate it more than I did the first time I saw it because as soon as I saw, ro- you know, um, Baby Belial's with uh, with robot legs, I'm like, nope, I'm done. Um, <clears throat> but then, and then Brain Damage, um, oh, Brain Damage, I love right away. But Frankenhooker, I didn't like the first time I watched it either. <gasps> I thought it was, I thought it was too comical. I thought oh, it was, that's what I love about it. No, you're right. I do too. I do too. It just, just wasn't the first time. every time. Every time with a feels like with a Frank Henelotter movie, that first viewing it it's one. not what I'm expecting. I also do. I also used to have that problem with John Waters movies. Like the first time, like oh, this dialogue is so bad. But then I go back and realize this genius. Because um, well, yeah, John Waters is a genius. That's right. So I kind of had the same thing with Bad Biology, and I get where you're coming from, Terry. It is just the subject matter alone is so off-putting. But then the movie is just so gross and dirty and grimy that it's like how can how can even a woman with seven clits get sexually aroused in this environment, you know? And by uh-huh. the, and she didn't mention too that like every guy she has sex with, she ends up killing him in the heat of passion. 
Oh yeah, um, I forgot about that part. Yeah, Mantis. <laughs> How could you forget about that? Because there's so it's much not other crazy really stuff. An important factor. <laughs> As you go like, along, that really, really doesn't not. come up. Oh, he's dead again. All right, now to the floating penis or whatever. I don't know. Now there's there's still some there's still some elements of the movie that I find overly sophomoric and to the point where it's like, yeah, it's not quite not quite for me. But I still see a lot of Frank Hendelotter in it, and and the movie makes sense coming from Frank Hendelotter. And so, and I think I love the idea of of Frank Hendelotter doing a love story. Between a, a man and a woman who have to find each other, and then this yeah. is the result, and it makes sense that this is the result. Now, for me, some of the more sophomoric parts of like, okay, this is just really bad toilet humor. I, th- I personally feel comes out of more of the co-writer slash producer, who is this uh, New York rapper by the name. Let me get my Insane's picks notes out. Um, by the name of Ra um, Rugged Man. And I've listened to some of his his seriously yeah, I've I've listened to some of his raps and saw some of his videos and stuff and I'm like okay well then some of the uh, more uh, sophomoric potty humor in this movie I can tell comes way more from him than Frank. So because you know take like a movie like if you were to see Bad Biology and you found out this guy made a movie called Frankenhooker you'd be like no way that's probably like triple X rated stuff but to be honest other than the fact that there's some nudity that movie can almost be pulled off as like as like PG thirteen who wasn't for all the the crack and the um, hookers but anyway um, <laughs> you mean super crack yeah the super, super crack oh man nothing gets me through the day like super crack see I think another problem I had with Frankenhooker back in the day John when I first watched it was I that was at the height of me being an effects snob and I didn't get it I'm like these effects look like shit not oh, realizing I, I that it. they're supposed to look like shit yeah they're supposed to be overly I, cartoony and yeah okay. the colors see, and the yeah. purple nipples oh. see here's the thing I love the color palette now in Frankenhooker because mm-hmm. I I just watched Frankenhooker too like a day or two ago for the first time and it's time. awesome right you love it I loved it yeah, Good, but compared to this, Front are again. you fucking kidding? Me? <laughs> See, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like you, like if Same guy. if Frank and, if, if Frank Henlotter didn't have other people involved and he was just to do this movie on his own, I think he would have those exact same themes, but not be so purposefully offensive. You know what I'm saying? Don't, it's wouldn't be so um, uh, fifteen year old boy. It would be exactly. Well, and it's it's like. We're doing things in this movie to be offensive for the sake of being offensive. Yeah. And that's where I draw the line at that stuff. I love offensive material. I love toilet humor. You know, I, you know, give me a good dick and fart joke any day. But if if your sole purpose is just to be to, to I, try to push the line, then then I have a problem I mean, with it. It seemed like a borderline like softcore at certain points, like. Be- I was like, "What? What am I watching?" Yeah, because like a, a movie like Frankenhooker, this is going to sound weird, but has a sense of innocence to it. <laughs> you know, like Pink Flamingos, John Waters' Pink Flamingos. There's still a sense of innocence to it, even though you have like singing uh, assholes and uh-huh, you know and sure. all kinds of other stuff. It's because like because there's an earnest yeah. to what's going on in in those movies, where it just it feels like in Bad Biology. Um, if you were to take all those same themes and just let Frank like Frank, Frank Henelotter do it out of his own brain, it it wouldn't nearly 
it would be probably more on the lines of Frankenhooker, and it'd be a lot less offensive to just to be offensive, you know, because I, I, I just imagine I would love to sit down and pick his brain, but I just imagine Frank Henelotter finds things like a woman with six, you know, clits and a man with a monster <laughs> penis to be funny and, and, uh, would make for a crazy story, you know, but not to just try to offend his own audience. Well, and you see, like, when, the more I think about this movie, like, it's pretty negative toward the woman side, I think. Because the dude, like, he doesn't go around fucking a bunch of ladies. Like, he tries to keep it in check on his own, you hey, know? Wait, like she's coming off as, a, as, a, as she's coming off as a major slut? Yeah. Okay. Really bad. Like I, I look at it as that they both are like slaves to to sex in a way. Well, sure. I don't. I don't know. It was just. It's. I don't know. Only he has more. Where where she doesn't care. She just lets her inhibitions go. But he's trying to keep things under control. Where he's got that well, that like okay. giant masturbation machine. Okay, but you call it. It's supposed to be a love story, right? Yeah, and they don't even meet till like the last. Yeah, 20 they minutes. don't meet. They don't really even like each other. Yeah, she is in love with his dick. Yeah, like that's the love story. Like, aren't most? What does that? The real what does world. that imply? <laughs> hey, now. I, I see what. <laughs> I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like that implies like, like she only loves him for his dick. Is basically that's never happened before. Some guys never. only like the chicks for. The but it's just dick. yeah. It's, so... There's just a very underlined, yeah, motif there. I guess. I could. I, I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, I wasn't looking at it like I'm so offended by this movie. Like it was just like, why even down, call it a love nasty. story? I know. Well, I, I call know. it a love story because it's from the mind of Frank of Frank Henenlotter. Like just because. Well, to I think me, the that cover is where even would... says that it's a a love story of some sort. I can't remember what it says on it, but yeah. I don't know. Just this movie's it's fucking fuck. weird. <laughs> I just I did not know what I was getting myself into, but I could not stop watching it either. Like wow. it was oh, oddly entertaining. Like I just don't I don't know. I'm just a big perv, so that could be why I was entertained, but <laughs> I don't she know. She thought it was porn. So Well, you know. The lead actress in the movie, who I thought did a great job. Especially considering what she had to put herself through. Bravo to her. Um, she was the girlfriend at the time of the rapper Rugged Man. And they have a scene together. Um, it's earlier on in the film where um, I think she's she's narrating the moment of like her life and everything. And it shows how she had this serious boyfriend. And like he rips her clothes off and, and, and goes down on her on the couch. But then no. there's then there's the crazy POV shot from inside the vagina looking out at him. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they have man, an internal shot that shows all the little clits inside of it moving around. Yep. Sold. So that ma- that the 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 guy in that scene that's the rugged man. Oh. <laughs> all right, rugged man. Yeah. I'm just what the fuck. That's all I have to say about this movie. That's so it. it's not Frank's best movie. And um, and I would have loved to have seen something a little bit better from him after being on hiatus so long. But I, I, I still love it, and I still 
see it as a Frank Henelotter movie and put it, you know, put it on the on the shelf right next to Basket Case and Brain Damage and Frankenhooker. No, you don't. It's not alphabetized. That's true. But <laughs> and I wish he'd make. I wish he'd do more movies. It's like, technically speaking, he only really, he only really did like three movies because when they made the Basket Case. Basket Case 2 and um, uh, Frankenhooker, that was a two-picture deal that he had, and he only got the two-picture deal because they, they made the movies literally back-to-back. So, they just jumped for, straight from one to the next one. So looked, Well, according to his IMDb, he's kind of taken a turn toward documentaries. That's because he's, he's, um, he's really involved with Something Weird Video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I see he, the Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah, he, which is a great doc, even though unfortunately it feels like ninety-five percent of the material is like recycled from like the Herschel Gordon Lewis doc uh, commentary tracks and stuff. But uh, but it's still an awesome doc. A lot of great, a lot of great information. A lot of great you know interviews and talking heads and stuff. Isn't, um, isn't he pretty much in charge of something weird video at this point? I'm wondering if he is. I honestly don't know. I know he's taken over the Facebook page. I want to say he's mostly in charge because the because uh, uh, what Mike, founder died. Yeah, Mike passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, so I, I want to say that he took over, but I could be wrong. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he'd be a great person to have as the front man for that company. Yeah. Um, well, again, which is why bad biology makes sense to me because. He is very knowledgeable of of those eras that the, that era of of um, exploitation films, especially like the 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 nudist can't colony movies and the nudie cuties and the roughies and all those. So, and that's supposed to be the next documentary he's putting out, um, a documentary about the the nudie cuties from back in the day. So, which will obviously be put out by something weird video because it's mostly their material. That they're using for the for the doc, so I yeah I just I mean and it's great that he um, that he's taking charge with something weird video because <clears throat> again he's the perfect man for the job and like I love that company so much but I also want to see him make his own features more 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 of his own material anyway what was the other one you watched Terry um I also watched. Excision. Oh, yes. Oh, I haven't seen that. You're on your own. <laughs> With John. It's been a while oh, since I've watched boy. it, but man, it's <laughs> fucked up. It is fucked up. And I had heard a lot about this like a few years ago. I don't remember. Was Justin talking about it, maybe? I can't remember if he liked Probably. it or didn't like it. But, um, yeah. Weird movie. Like... Basically, it surrounds this young girl, um, what the fuck's her name? Pauline. Um, she's really, she's really weird. She's an outcast. She's just super, super strange. And her parents are Tracy Lords and Roger Bart, so I could see why she might be strange. But, um, she basically just dreams of being uh like a a surgeon later in life and so she has all these weird fucked up like 
daydreams and visions about um, these really weird surgeries and shit that she's doing and they're super bloody and gory and uh, things happen that I don't want to spoil. Things. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. Uh, I really like the lead actress. She, because in her visions, she's not quite so mousy and weird as she is um, in the real life, or, well, in the real life of the movie. Um, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. I'm trying to, I don't. <laughs> Basically, it's her and her family, and her mother's overbearing, and takes her to um, see this, uh, I guess he's a father or whatever, he's some sort of churchy guy, part of the clergy, um, who is played by John Waters. Um, He's kind of her um, unofficial psychiatrist, I guess. But she's just, she just rails on him. She rails, she's just super rude and blunt and very honest with everyone about everything. Um, and at one point she, like, there's a scene, she wants to lose her virginity. So she goes up to this really popular guy and she tells him that she wants to lose her virginity to him and, like, offers it up to him. And But then she makes it weirder by saying that she wants to do it while she's on her period like she dreams of having sex for the first time while she's on her period and makes him go down on her when he doesn't know that she's on her period that's really gross like it's just very strange vibes um john what did you think of it uh i liked it uh like i said it's been a while since i watched it but yeah that girl was just fucking ultra awkward. So awkward. Super weird. Um, the end is royally fucked up. I'm not gonna not gonna super, give it away. But yeah, see, I don't want to give it away either. But yeah, super fucked. It's sure. it's one of those movies that all you can really tell your friends is it's fucked up. Just just please watch it because you yeah. can't really give. I mean, yeah, the scene you I, talked about with the. You know, honor period and all that shit. Yeah, you can give away shit like that, but the movie as a whole, there's yeah, so it's, much it's you got to hold back. Explain it because it's mm-hmm. just, you know, she's this strange outcast girl who's you know dreaming of all the things that she'll someday be, and then her vision. I love visually how her all of her dreams come off, like because they're kind of juxtaposed in this like sterile bright white world and then there's always blood and it's really bright and colorful and so it's kind of pretty and gory (laughs) yeah i don't i mean i don't know i just really don't can't describe too much without giving anything away but it was really interesting for sure um i don't really i guess i don't really know this director richard bates jr um He's done not a whole lot, but this was apparently his first uh, full-length film. Looks like it may have been based off of a, a previous short and turned into a full-length, but... That happens. 
It happens. But yeah, it's uh, pretty fucked. Very, I mean, I would place it, you know, it's similar in the body horror realm to, I guess, more like American Mary, because a lot of her her visions and things that she's having involve, you know, fucked up surgeries and weird stuff. Lots of, yeah, I don't know. It was it. You should check it out. Yeah. Fine. Watch it. Fine, I will. You okay. better. <laughs> you won't. Probably they not. Never do. No. Nobody ever. Nobody ever wants to watch the movies. I recommend. <laughs> Wonder why. Sam, did you watch any other movies for the episode? Um, not specifically for this, but I mean, I've seen a lot of them. Okay, that works at too. various points. <laughs> yeah, I, I I haven't seen Existence or however you pronounce it, and like Ex- yeah. Yeah, Probably that like, one's on Netflix, but I didn't get to it yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to rewatch it, but uh The Cronenberg? Yeah. I saw it like ten years ago, like I rented it from uh the university library on VHS. That's way back in the day. That's about how I mean I bought it on D V D and watched <laughs> oh, yeah. it and that was probably like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I just remember it was like a lot like the Matrix, but more, you know, Cronenbergian, obviously. More video game. Yeah. Real video game based. I mean, the the controller kind of uh-huh. thing. Yeah, it kind of got, it's got that uh, 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 H.R. Geiger-esque kind of bio-mechanical aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember liking it. Like, you know, I wanted to rewatch it for this, but didn't get around to it. But definitely it's, it's a film I intend to check out again, and I would definitely recommend yeah, I mean, it's got a really great cast, for one Yeah, Julan. Like Jennifer oh, yeah. Jason Lee and Ian Holm. Yeah. Willem Dafoe. Like, nice. it's crazy. I forgot Ian Holm was in that. Jesus Christ. It has been a while yeah. since I've seen it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, so yeah. So there's that. There's John, that. did you watch anywhere? Uh, I didn't watch anymore, but a lot of them I've seen, like Videodrome, uh, well, really any of the Cronenberg movies that were mentioned, uh, or on the list that Mike gave us. I mean, I've, mm. I've seen him. The Brood, which is also fantastic. Love The Brood. Yeah. I think that was, like, the first movie I ever really saw that showed violence towards children. I mean, granted, they were mutant little mutant crazy children but uh served it but that was i I was just in shock i'm like those are full-on squibs on the back on on children's backs you know or midgets well yeah i mean obviously there were midgets but the idea of just shooting shooting a child even though it's a mutant child i say back in the day though it could have been kids i mean people didn't really care so much about safety back in the day (laughs) not so much not until twilight zone the movie Anyway. Oh, <laughs> brutal. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, John Landis. Anyway. Because um, <laughs> he's listening. <laughs> Could be. We hope so. That would be awesome. That anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. you were... He was just kind of going through some on the list yeah. that he uh, has I... seen before but didn't get to rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't rewatch a lot of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously love... Uh, Videodrome, like I said, you know, already said I like that. Um, I guess you could, 
you could consider uh, scanners. Oh yeah, in a way, body horror. That's I mean, sure. to me, it's not like super body horror, like Videodrome or anything else. But uh, no, <laughs> but still, the head blow up scene, it's just being able to use you know telekinesis to do shit like that. Yeah. Well, it showed up on a little list, too, when I was um, doing reference. And I I put it in the body horror category sooner than I do possession. Like, yeah. I, I st- other, than, other than the scene of her having sex with the tentacle creature, I cannot figure out why it would be on the list of body horror. And, and even that one sex scene isn't a very big, prominent scene in the movie. Anyway. Well, I'm glad you brought up Videodrome, though. Has any of you guys seen... Um, I'm going to say it wrong. Um, <laughs> the one we talked about while you were gone? Did you guys talk about it? Ex- uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, you did? Damn it. I didn't get a chance to finish watching it. Um, I started watching it first thing this morning. That was a mistake, so I, so I fell back asleep. <laughs> um, so I tried I tried watching more of it before we started recording and got about about 45 minutes into it. But that movie's crazy. Uh, yeah. Again, like every other movie I watched today, I gotta be, I gotta say, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I hope I'm not repeating what you guys have already said, but like, yeah, we didn't say much about it. So, oh, okay, good. I find it really interesting that I love how David Cronenberg creates worlds where he feels the need to not explain anything about his world. Because on the surface, everything just looks like normal, you know, normal everyday life in this movie with with a new video game system that looks like that looks like a deformed baby in a placenta with an umbilical cord attached to it that pulsates while you play, and it's a virtual reality game, and yet everybody in the beginning of the movie that's part of this like test. Mm-hmm. Is okay with this. It's like this. This appears to be normal. There's no one like, yeah. That thing looks fucked up. No, this is this, everybody just accepts that this is the newest in video game technology. And then there's there's all these other little things too, like the uh, like the the weird bone gun thing that shoots teeth, and. Um, and even when they're at the when they're hiding out at the gas station and there's that little two headed lizard creature that's running around and she's like petting it and whatnot, it's perfectly normal for there to be some two headed little mutant lizard creature running around. It's just the world. I know, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I love about David Cronenberg. It was the same yeah. way in Videodrome. And Videodrome is like as as if like this world of 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 video is like a normal thing, but it's it's definitely way out of reality of what we know as as far as video broadcasts and, and everything. But uh, <clears throat> and a lot of similar themes to Videodrome too. So I always kind of look at this. I've kind of looked at this one as almost like a a sequel to Videodrome in a way, or like they're kind of brother and sister movies. But but yeah, I mean even all the way back to movies like. Um, Shivers or rabid. There's like just weird effed up things going on that are perfectly normal in this world that he's set up without having to explain. You know, because at first I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, does this take place in the future? Because we're talking about virtual reality technology and all all the stuff that back then we don't ha- didn't have and we still don't have. 
And then the gaming system thing in, in and of itself is really weird looking. Very Cronenberg, very Krogenbergian, but uh, yeah, I just wished I would have finished watching it. Don't tell me how it ends. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I don't care. The boat sinks. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> So are we winding down on on these on this topic? I think so. I think okay. so. I watched yeah. Antiviral a long time ago, but I've been trying to rack my brain on it. I don't remember it very well. Oh, really? I, I mean, just was, trying to remember it, or just yeah. like it had really weird themes in it too. Oh, it was fucked up and weird. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was cool. It was a slow burn, and you know, the theme was like people were giving each other. Famous people's diseases and colds. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was fucked. You know, couldn't couldn't oh. be normal. Okay. I think I've I, I think watched, I've heard or read a review yeah. on it now. Okay. Yeah, that was the cool thing to do is to get a celebrity's cold and inject that virus into your body. And like how we're spending you know forty fifty bucks on a celebrity's autograph at a horror convention. Yeah, this is mainline and. Uh huh. Yeah. So it was that. So it was very futuristic, very fucked. <laughs> but the main actress kid was cool, and I don't remember much about it. <laughs> and then, and obviously on the list is the fly, the one that always comes to mind when you think about a body falling apart. I mean, it really set oh, yeah. the standard. More fingernails yeah. falling off. For a lot of the stuff. Yeah. But it was, you know, more. it, I, it was big budget. So it was done so well. Well, and it's crazy. Oh, and Goldblum fucking ruled it. Hard. Yeah. Oh, what's 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 funny is I think that is the most linear narrative film we've talked about all night. It's the fly. Oh, yeah. Like that's the only and one. And it's that still makes a futuristic sense. fucking crazy idea. But. Yeah, but even still, it's like it's explained <laughs> in this reality. Like this isn't a normal thing. These pods, unlike you yeah. know some of the other Cronenberg's work, you know. <clears throat> Um, John, have you ever seen The Beast Within? No, I have not. That's like a really, you, but I've never seen it. Yeah, that's a really good body horror movie. Um, I just learned today when doing research for this episode that Tom Holland was one of the writers of it. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. And it was... Um, I'm trying to find the 82 when it came out. When was American Werewolf? Like 80 or 81? Oh, was it was it earlier? Ha! Well, I thought. I Where was it? I'm looking. Um, well, only I only bring it up because like this movie um, really relies on the bladder bladder tube effects uh, for the transformation mm. sequences, um, you know, which you know just kind of not as done as well as American Werewolf, obviously, but you know still very American Werewolf in London esque, so. Can't type fast enough. Not oh, you're right. Eighty-one. Same time. Eighty-one. Well, but still, though, it's it's interesting that you got American Werewolf in London, um, Howling, and The Beast Within, all kind of sim- you know simultaneously lose using some of the same type of effects for like transforming you know these characters into these creatures, and yet Rick Baker is like the pioneer of them and won an Academy Award for it. So. Well, and then other things too, like 
my favorite shots of of the transformation is like the foot stretching, very awesome, or the hair growing. This is in the Beast Within. No, oh, in America. World. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of jumping all over the place. Oh yeah. So. Give him some uh, Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, then um, we should probably take a break and then come back and do some segments. We'll be right back after this. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Hey everybody, this is Wayne. This is Zip. Lori. Brian. Doug. And we're the Necronomicast, a weekly horror podcast brought to you by us, horror fans for you, horror fans. We talk about movies, books, celebrity interviews, your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. (laughs) Necronomicast. We also talk about streaming movies, new movies, as well as news in horror. And that's just a sample of what you'll get on the Necronomicast. <laughs> Do we say horror movies? <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com. Also visit us on Facebook. And on iTunes and all that. Necronomicast. Uh, we'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com for more madness and horror and blood. We're good. And that was one to grow on. Now it's time for segments on Attack of the Killer Podcast. And we're going to start with shout outs. It's time for shout outs! Okay, what are your favorite body horror films? Here we go. Sarah Giroux. Hey, her first comment. Sarah. I saw her today, by the way. Lucky you. Yeah. How's she doing? Good. What's what was? We were at, we were at the. Uh, let's just derail this whole thing. Talking about Sarah. <laughs> um, that that postal place on on uh, Court Street. The post office. No, that place <laughs> on Court Street. Court. Okay. Okay. Mean church. Anyway, we were both. Oh, you're right. Church. That's Street. right. Church Street. Oh yeah. Uh, we were both there mailing stuff. Okay. Great story. Okay. Sarah says. She says feast. I think it's the whole locked in a tavern thing. Every time we talk with her about horror she movies, she says that she doesn't watch them, but she, she always brings up feast because it's the only one she's seen. I think. <laughs> I think so. So it's her answer for everything. I think so, and I think like if she would watch other movies besides feast, she would find that she likes horror movies. Yeah, instead of continually saying you don't. That was actually a little jab at feast, but I like feast. Oh, yeah. But I could see some some comparisons to body horror in that movie for sure. Then we had Willis Wheeler. He said, The Fly from Beyond. This is kind of a body horror. The Fly 2 Videodrome. Yep. 
Nice, Willis. Nice. Well, Derek Patello says, Shivers, Videodrome, Rosemary's a baby. She's pregnant with Satan's child. What's more body horror than that? She's incubating death and destruction itself. Mm. Deep. Say that about most pregnant ladies. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Brandon Robinson says, Does society count? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, no. We talked about it, so That's I right. hope so. Brandon's not done. He also says rabid. Nice. Mm-hmm. I guess Willis Wheeler's not done either. He says the Ang Lee Hulk counts, I guess. <laughs> Everybody's got to be a comedian. <laughs> you can't do it like Mike does it, guys. Come on, just give up. Uh, Teresa Clark says Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Awesome movie. I don't mm-hmm. see the connection to body horror, but Brian Tomato Bodies. That's right. Yeah, they, there's yeah. a lot of tomato squishing in that movie. That's true. Just the way you like it. <laughs> Brian Clark says, Shivers, Rabid, The Fly, Cronenberg is King. Woo! Go Brian! I went to rail for a second. Favorite yep. Cronenberg movie. Mine is Rabid. And Jason? Fly. John? It's the only one I've seen. Video drum. Terry? I think Fly is the only one I've probably seen, too. Boo! Sam? I'll just say History of Violence. Ooh, good choice. Okay. I see what you did there. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) And Brian says the the reanimator movies are also top-notch body horror. And anything Henenlotter. Even bad bad. This, uh, this Brian guy is cool, John. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Nice. He's one of my best friends. We should have him as a guest. We should. We should. Yeah. He knows. The but names then he'd have to them. learn how to use uh, Skype. Uh, I don't know you can teach how. him. You can Dude, teach him. If I can do it, anybody. Can That's do it. a fact. I hope he does know. He's not have dumb. Have him come over to your house and. That would be swell, but he lives two hours away. Oh. <laughs> he lives. Two hours north, you guys live two hours south. <laughs> None of this works. You're the creamy center. That's all I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, he's going to love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, get him on the damn show. Alrighty, let's do this. All right, one more on Facebook. We got Jose Aranjel says, always Eraserhead. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I get it. I mean. Is that all he does? Cronenberg? No, that's Lynch. Lynch and Cronenberg? <laughs> Those two just <laughs> trying to outdo each other slap back slap and forth? Seems like it, yeah. Oh, yeah, yours is crazy? Fucking watch this. Yeah, because Lynch <laughs> also... what they've done. Lynch also has the Elephant Man. You could throw that in the body horror. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, aw. Sad movie. Yeah. Probably not so much horror. But definitely, yeah. I want to anyway, watch Mask. Yeah. What? I want to watch Mask. Mask? anyway (laughs) nothing on twitter no phone calls as of yet and that's shout outs thank you jason for shout outs you got it okay up next we have a new segment tonight yeah what's it called called i don't know you come up with something you come up with something with underground (laughs) drunk john's dvd review Ah, I'm not really drunk. It's gonna be title pending, and here we go. 
because we don't know what to do. Take it away, um, John. I'm going to talk about a couple new releases in the world of horror. Uh, they're old movies, but they got some uh, tender loving from Arrow Video and Grindhouse Releasing. Who here has seen Pieces? Woo! Woo. Yeah. This nope. is a particularly nasty slasher from the early 80s, and uh, it happens to be one of my favorite films. Uh, Grindhouse Releasing... Just put out a really killer three-disc set, uh, two Blu-rays, and a soundtrack. And if you were lucky enough to buy it right off the bat, if you know about the movie, there's a puzzle in it of a naked woman. Yep. Comes with a replica of the puzzle. No! I mean, it's like the size of a DVD case, but still pretty fucking stellar. But individual pieces, like you can put it together? Yeah, you can put it together. Sweet. Um... I won't go into the overall movie itself. I mean, if you're listening to this, you can you can look it up yourself. But Pieces is a really fucking nasty, dirty fucking movie. Oh, yeah. From the early 80s. And it looks spectacular. Uh, Grindhouse Releasing did a lot of restoration on this movie. Um, with a lot of love. I mean, it... It's one of the best-looking Blu-rays I've seen for an old horror movie. And that includes, like, all the mainstream stuff, too. Like, it's never looked better. And other stuff that, you know, was put out a, put out by a big uh, company, like, well, I'm trying to think of some names here, Paramount, shit like that. This, this is top-notch. And it comes with a lot of cool special features, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, commentaries. It actually comes with two versions of the movie, the uncut English version, and then the original uh, director's cut of the Spanish version. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of options on here. There's there's just a lot of cool stuff. It also comes with the soundtrack, and if you've seen the movie, you'll love the soundtrack. So that's, it. you know, not bad for $30. The other movie, this one is... Uh, Another trashy uh, slasher, which if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a movie, it's gonna be a, a slasher. If you're like me, it's called The Mutilator. Uh, it's another ultra low budget movie. Uh, I was watching the special features, and the director who only did this movie bragged about having eighty six thousand dollars, and you know he needed to find something to do with it, so he decided to make a movie. Um, it is a lot of fun. It was made by a group of college students that had just graduated from film school and stuff like that. So, you know, they, they all wanted to get involved. They all were cheap. But the special effects are a lot of fun. The kills are a lot of fun. Uh, it's another one of those things where I don't really want to go into the, the, the movie itself. But uh, people die in horrible ways, like a machete through the cheek and then a axe to the head. Um but, it, yeah, they, they did a fantastic job uh, rest, re, uh, restoring the movie. Uh, Arrow Video is the one that put this one out. Uh, yeah, it's another one of those things where a couple discs, and they just give you the best features that they can possibly give, the best, you know, addition that they could possibly give you. I mean, it's it's fantastic. A movie like this should not look so good. <laughs> it's Seriously, I mean, it's, it's low-budget trash, but in the best sense of the word, and the the movie company really, really does take the time to restore. I mean, they want to do the best. There's a disclaimer at the beginning 
of the movie saying, hey, these are the best elements we could get. We got some of them from the director, so there's going to be a few irregularities. But you know what? I mean, if you're if you're a fan of these movies or wanting to collect movies like this, you're going to be okay with slightly subpar, at least according to them. I I thought it looked fantastic beginning to end. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I I give two giant thumbs up to uh, pieces and the mutilator. Awesome. awesome. Sweet. Sweet. Well, thank you for that, John. Very good. I have a feeling your segment is going to make me broke because I'm going to want to buy. <laughs> well, then I'm going to continue with uh, all this stuff. So, Patreon customers or whatever you want to call yourselves, if you guys want to donate more money so I can buy more movies to make Mike broke, that's well worth it. I'll buy them. He has to rebuy them. Everybody's happy. Yeah. All right. Okay, so... Let's um let's jump over to Terry with her segment Wicked Words with Where Terry. Ow, ow. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Wicked Words with Where Terry. episode um, is just after we finished February, which was Women in Horror Month, if you were not aware. Uh, If you follow us on Twitter, we've been posting famous ladies in horror every day. It's awesome. Um, But I... uh, there was one mention of a few women authors that we did. Um, so I decided that I would kind of expand on that. Even if we're a little late, it doesn't ever hurt to acknowledge these Mm -hmm. awesome ladies. So just kind of a general run through of a few awesome peeps. Uh, we got, first of all, Mary Shelley. I mean, how impactful was this woman on horror? writer of Frankenstein and a son of Frankenstein. I mean, she, without uh, Frankenstein's monster, you know, what would the world of horror be like today? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to think about. Um, then you've got Shirley Jackson. She's another big hitter. Uh, I know I, I kind of talked about the haunting of Hill house a while back. Um, but then she also did the lottery. Does any is anyone familiar with the lottery? I think there was a, a no. movie made about that one forever ago. I think I might have seen it for school even. Hmm. It's, a, it's some fucked up story. I can't remember all the details. But basically, this town has a lottery in their town square that they decide who's going to be killed <clears throat> that year. Something it, I can't even remember. But it's awesome. I need to revisit that for this segment as well. That sounds really familiar. Yeah, it, it was. It's a pretty. It's a pretty big one. Or they studied it a lot in high schools and stuff like that. But anyway, she's awesome as well. Um, Anne Rice. She's a bit more contemporary. Uh, of course, she's the author of Interview with the Vampire, or with the Vampire. Um, spawned the the movie starring Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. 
Um, she also did Queen of the Damned, and she has a whole bunch of uh, vampire. Mm-hmm. She has a whole series of the of the vampire books. She also has several books about witches and things like that. I haven't really read any of those, but um, I'm sure they're probably awesome. Um, Daphne du Maurier. I can't speak French, but she writes stuff. Um, <laughs> seems like she writes. <laughs> she lots lots of her short stories have been adapted into films. Um, I talked about her um, short story, The Birds, uh, oh. Hitchcock's The Birds. Also, nice. Hitch, Hitchcock also did Rebecca. Um, actually, didn't he do Jamaica? Was Jamaica in another yeah. Hitch? Yeah, those were all her stories. And then also, um, Don't Look Now, the story, the movie with uh, Sutherland, uh, Donald, Donald Sutherland in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was her. So she had a lot and like almost all, it seems like <laughs> so many of her stories were turned into films later on. So that's a big kudos to her for sure. But there, and you know, there are lots of women who don't necessarily have their books turned into movies yet. Um one that I, I've really been wanting to read some of her stuff, um, Kate, Caitlin Kiernan. Um, she wrote a book called The Drowning Girl and a few other ones. They, they seem Some of them seem more young adult aged, but that doesn't mean they're bad necessarily. Um, just There's so many ladies out there who are incredibly influential and they kind of they don't really get to be out in the limelight much as, as authors, unfortunately that happens. So, you know, take a look. There's, there's lots of them. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They're kicking ass. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now it is that time, boils and ghouls, that time you've all been waiting for. It is now time, that's right, for Insane's Picks. Hey everybody. So, I'm winging it this episode, but not on purpose. Oh Not yeah, my you... fault this time. <laughs> right, you never wing it anyway. Oh, I'll admit there are times I've wung it, but <laughs> this time it's not my fault. It's Terry's fault because I have a full page, well half a page of notes about bad biology, which was going to be oh. my insane pick, but not now. So I had to try to pull another one out of my butt, and I, I'm really worried I may have covered this one before. But too bad, so sad. I'm covering it again anyway. From 1977, another body horror movie. Um, special effects by Rick Baker. That's right, The Incredible Melting Man. Woo! A uh, group of astronauts uh, go up to Saturn, because we can just hop right up over to Saturn. And uh, they get hit with some like cosmic rays from the rings of Saturn or whatever. And they all die except for one who ends up in this uh, medical hospital. 
And he tears the bandages off his face and see that he's covered in pepperoni pizza. And <laughs> and escapes and goes on a mass killing spree. And the logic of this movie is, as he continues to melt, like his body is literally melting, like flesh and goo and muscle and, and ears and his nose are just like dripping and sliding off of his body. And the more he melts, the stronger he gets. Huh. Yes, that's the seventies for you. This movie, um, this movie is literally a gore fest. When your um, your main antagonist in the entire movie uh, is literally melting through the entire thing, and you're watching, you're just seeing, and all that stuff is great. I mean, it's early Rick Baker, and there was there was some problems um, with some of the special effects. I mean, it was an extremely low budget. The actor was difficult at times about wearing some of the prosthetics. But uh, for being really early Rick, Rick Baker and not really have a template for how these effects should be done, um, I think he did an amazing, brilliant job. Especially as it gets closer to the end when it's it's basically you know a, a skull with a ton of goo covering it. Um, it, it I think it is really effective and works really, really well. It was um, directed by William um, Satch, I think is how you say his name. Um, a director who's still working today, uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, I wonder uh, if he gets a ton of jobs with, with the Incredible Melting Man on his resume. But um, <clears throat> uh, the acting is pretty horrible in it, and some of the audio is atrocious. I mean, there's like a scene in a warehouse between like the military guy and this doctor guy who's trying to track track the main ast- astronaut down. Um, and you could barely hear the dialogue because there's a lot of heavy machinery going on. So of course, let's not fix it. Fix it in post uh, by doing ADR. But uh, um, the acting's really bad. The dialogue is 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 really bad at times. There's a scene of an elderly couple that stop that are um, on their way to visit the elderly woman's daughter. I think it was, and they stop at a. Um, a lemon grove to pick lemons in the middle of the night to give lemons as a present. And that's one of the most hilarious scenes ever put to celluloid. <laughs> and they get scared off by the melting man. Um, yeah, I, like seriously, the old couple had to have been somebody's parents in, in the production because yeah. it was really bad. So, so much so that Mystery Science Theater had done an amazing episode of Incredible Melting Man. If you can, um, if you can't, stand to watch Incredible Melting Man on its own, definitely check out the MST3K version. Really super funny. um, uh, Trying to think. uh, I I found this out uh, doing some IMDb searching. This trivia I find really interesting. Um, You know, Incredible Melting Man is probably highly unknown nowadays. Um, Probably a little bit more known thanks to MST3K. But there must have been some pretty high expectations for this movie back in 1977. Uh, The Halloween season, which followed the film's release, brought at least two official merchandising products. Um, Collegeville produced a ready-to-wear children's costume. And and (laughs) another company offered a Melting Man face makeup kit. So, I want those. Uh, the German title for this movie, uh, translated in English, is is um, Best Regards from Planet Saturn. 
Um, the Spanish translation of this movie is called Stickiness. <laughs> and the Italian translation is, of this movie um, is called Wax Man. The movie was shot in 14 days, and it shows. Um, but definitely the highlight is uh, the Rick Baker effects. Um, the music score, I love this movie because the music score and a lot of the way this movie is shot and some of the acting um, I th- makes it a great companion piece with one of my all-time favorite bad movies, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Um, some of the score sounds really similar to me and the, the way it's shot and both movies just stink of the 70s. So, so yeah, definitely check it out. Incredible Melting Man. Peace out. This sounds pretty awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. All right. So that um, that concludes this episode. We're going to wrap things up here a bit. Uh, Sam, uh, do you have anything you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, so real quick, I just wanted to uh, plug a movie I worked on late last year. Sweet. Um, it's a short horror comedy, sort of biblical exploitation movie. It's called uh, Gay Jesus. <laughs> but uh yes. <laughs> we hot. just had we just had like our premiere in uh in New Hampshire, so Sam it's you have long hair, were you gay Jesus? No. Oh, I okay. uh I worked I worked in front and behind the camera. Nice. Um I play I play the character Judas. <laughs> so uh I betray gay Jesus, but uh no, I also did like some grip work and wardrobe work. So awesome! But yeah, it's just like a short thirty-minute movie. It's uh, you can find it on YouTube or on Vimeo. Just look up "Gay Jesus." It's by uh, Ungovernable Films. Is the uh, production company, and you know we've done a couple other uh, uh, exploitation movies, and uh, right now we're funding the next feature. Um, I'm not sure if this episode will be out by the time uh, the funding is over with, but that's on Indiegogo. It's just a picture called uh, The Streets Run Red. But, nice. uh, yeah, good. again, Ungovernable Films is the uh, the company, and uh, Gay Jesus is the movie. But uh, <laughs> just trigger warning, it's got a lot of... Uh, Offensive language and uh, <laughs> lots of lots of male nudity, lots of female nudity, lots of blood, lots of gore. So, but I think everyone listening to this will probably enjoy that kind of thing. So, check yeah. it out if you got a chance. And uh, that's a wrap. Awesome. And it is on YouTube right now as we speak, right? Yeah, or Vimeo. I think it's probably higher quality on there. But oh, okay. either way, okay. yeah. Excellent. Cool. cool. Can't wait to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Love seeing Sammy in front of the camera. I know, me too. <laughs> You'll get to see my uh, behind in front. Even well. better. Okay, that's... Again? Wait, wait. wait. Oh, I'll, just I'll a warning. Later. <laughs> hey, hey, come back here. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're plugging stuff, um, uh, Prescribed Whoa. Films has got a... It's got a bunch of shorts. Uh-oh, plugging. <laughs> uh, let's see. When this airs, we would have released our second short film, getting ready to release a third in a series of four short films from our Misadventures of the, of the Satanic Cult series. So you can check those out on our YouTube channel. 
um, YouTube backslash prescribed films. And uh, I have another short. I'm finishing up getting the music score done, and uh, we're kind of hoping that we can get that one out um, at the end of this releasing of the Misadventures uh, uh, films. But releasing the Misadventure films, there's four of them. We're doing them every, every couple weeks. Um, I think they're landing on the opposite week of when the show lands, right? Okay. On Tuesdays. So there's... Uh, that was intentional, so that there's always content of me out there for everybody weekly. So, anyway, so check that Get out. Get your fix. Get your insane mic fix. Uh, wherever. Just move on. Moving on. So, anybody else got anything <laughs> they'd like to plug? John has John's just, kitty just Instagram and... <laughs> <laughs> Terry's like, read more books. <laughs> Visit your local library. Sorry, I did them for you guys. Sorry. Unless unless you're crazy, then don't visit the Keokuk Library. But do, because I love um, Terry's rants on Facebook about and some of the customers. <laughs> I'm going to drive down there just to do that. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> old people. <laughs> no, comment, yeah. uh, no comment from Terry. I may have officially offended her. No. No. I'm just spacing out. All right. She's just sick of your shit. Because we're all damn tired. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. Shut up. <laughs> right. Shut your face. <laughs> okay, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks guys for being on. We'll talk to you all again soon. Love you. Bye-bye. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer.